ಜಯ ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನ ಜಯ ವ್ರಜಜನರಂಜನ ಜಯ ಯಮುನಾತಿರವನ ಚಾರಿ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ಯಮುನಾತಿರವನ ಚಾರಿ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ರಾಧಾ ಮಾಧವ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜ ಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ರಾಧಾ ಮಾಧವ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜ ಬಿಹಾರಿ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ ಹರೆ
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे प्रभुपदा जय प्रभुपदा जय प्रभुपदा श्रीला प्रभुपदा जय जय प्रभुपा 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 जय जय प्रभुपा जीवन विश्व बाद आचार्य श्रोत्र श्री श्रीमती सुमन गृह श्री भक्तिमान स्वामी और शिला प्रभुपाद की जय इसकोन बीबी टिफोन राजा शिला प्रभुपाद की जय जीवन विश्वपाद परमहंस प्रभुराजा आचार्य अष्टोत्तर श्री श्रीमद भक्त सिद्धांत ठाकुर महाराज शिला प्रभुपाद की जय आनंद कोड़ी वैष्णवृंद की जय नामाचार्य शिला हरिदास ठाकुर की जय प्रेम सक हो जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैतगदाध हरि श्री वासादि गौर भक्त वृंद की ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जयनताय गौर प्रेमानंदे ओल गौरी से असेंबली बोर्ड ओल गौरी से असेंबली बोर्ड ओल गौरी से असेंबली बोर्ड ओल गौरी श्री गुरु गौर ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय We are reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto Seven, Chapter Seven, entitled "What Prahlad Learned in the Womb," Text Number One. Shri Narada Vacha, Evam Daitya Sutai Prastho, Mahabhagavato Suraha. उवाचतान स्मयमानुभाषितैत्यसुत पृष्ट महाभागवत उवाचतान स्मयमान स्मरन्मदुभाषितैत्यसुत पृष्ट महाभागवत उवाचता स्मयमान स्मरन्मदुभाषित
चैतसुते पृष्ठ महाभागवत सुर उवाजता स्मयन स्मरन्मदुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच दैत्यसुदृष्ट महाभागवत सुर उवाजत स्मयन स्मरन्मदुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच दैत्यसुदृष्ट महाभागवत सुर तरन्मदुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच एवं दैत्यसुत पृष्ठ महाभागवत सुर स्मरन्मदुभाषित दैत्यसुत पृष्ठ महाभागवत सुर वजता स्मयन स्मरन्मदुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच एवं दैत्यसुत पृष्ठ महाभागवत सुर उवाजता स्मयन स्मरन्तुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच दैत्यसुत पृष्ठ महाभागवत सुर उवाजता स्मयन स्मरन्मदुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच दैत्यपृष्ठ महाभागवत सुर वजतस्मयन स्मरन्मदुभाषित श्रीनारद उवाच द ग्रेट सैंट नारद मुनि सेट दस दैत्यसुत बाय द सन्स ऑफ द डीमस पृष्ठ बीइंग क्वेश्चन महाभागवत द एक्सोल्टेड डिवोटी ऑफ द लॉर्ड असुर बोर्न इन ए फैमिली ऑफ डीमस वाच स्पोक 
Satan unto them, the sons of the demons. Smayamanaha, smiling, smaran, remembering. Mat anubhashitam, what was spoken by me? Naradamani said, although Prahlad Maharaj was born in a family of Asuras, he was the greatest of all devotees, having thus been questioned by his class friends, the sons of the Asuras, he remembered the words spoken to him by me and replied to his friends as follows. So we'll read the chapter summary and then we'll read the purport. In this chapter, to dissipate the doubts of his class friends, the son of the demon Prahlad Maharaj states how within the womb of his mother, he had heard from the mouth of Naradamani who had instructed him in Bhagavata Dharma. When Hiranyakashipu left his kingdom and went to the mountain known as Mandarachala to, to execute severe austerities, all the demons scattered. Hiranyakashipu's wife Kayadhu was pregnant at that time and the demigods, mistakenly thinking that she carried another demon in her womb, arrested her. Their plan was that as soon as the child took birth, they would kill him. While they were taking Kayadhu to the heavenly planets, they met Naradamuni, who stopped them from taking her away and took her to his ashram until Hiranyakashipu's return. In Naradamuni's ashram, Kayadhu prayed for the protection of the baby in her womb, and Naradamuni reassured her and gave her instructions on spiritual knowledge. Taking advantage of those instructions, Prahlad Maharaj, although a small baby within the womb, listened very carefully. The spirit soul is always apart from the material body. There is no change in the spiritual form of the living entity. Any person Above the bodily conception of life is pure and can receive transcendental knowledge. This transcendental knowledge is devotional service. And Prahlad Maharaj, while living in the womb of his mother, received instructions in devotional service from Naradamani. Any persons engaged in the service of the Lord, although the instructions of a bona fide spiritual master is immediately liberated and being free from the clutches of Maya, he is relieved of all ignorance and material desires. The duty of everyone is to take shelter of the Supreme Lord and thus become free from all material desires. Regardless of the material condition in which one is situated, one can achieve this perfection. Devotion service is not independent on the material activities of austerity, penance, mystic yoga or piety. Even without such assets, one can achieve devotion service through the mercy of a pure devotee. So that's the chapter summary. So we'll read the purport, a short purport. When he was in the womb of his mother, Prahlad Maharaj listened to the words of Narada Muni. One cannot imagine how the baby in the embryo could he hear Narada, but this is spiritual life. Progress in spiritual life cannot be obstructed by any material condition. <clears throat> this is called Ahaitu Kyapratihata. Reception of spiritual knowledge is never checked by any material condition. Thus, Prahlad Maharaj 
from the very childhood spoke spiritual knowledge to his class friends and certainly it was effective although all of them were children om jnana timrantasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobhishtam स्थापितम् येन भूतले स्वयं रूप कदामह्यं ददाति स्वपदांदिकं वन्देहं श्री गुरोः श्रीयुता पदगमलं श्री गुरून् वैष्णवांश्चा श्री रूपं साग्रजातं सहगणरेखुनाथान्यतं तं सजीवं साद्वेतं सावधूतं परिजनसहितं कृष्णचैतन्यदेवं श्री श्रीराधा कृष्णपादान सहगणललिता श्रीविशाखान्यतांस्चा हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमामी हरि प्रिये वांछगलपदरुभ्यश्च कृपासिंधुभ्ये वचा पदितानाम पावने भ्यो वैष्णवे भ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्या प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधार श्री वासादिगौर भक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे भूतेर महात्मर यही मापुरो विभु नर्मायशेते यदमुष्य पुरुषा भूंते गुणान शोडशा शोडशात्मका सोलंकृष्टा भगवान वचामसी में हरे कृष्णा here we are starting the new chapter what Prahlad learned in the womb because in the previous verses Prahlad's classmates were wondering how he could speak such an elevated philosophy which is against ascetic principles. They asked, you are here with us all the time. We never knew that you went out because you are just five years old, just like all of us. And within that short time, how did you learn all this philosophy? And if you hear the previous chapter, that is chapter six, it has condensed philosophy. <laughs> The entire Bhagavatam you can see in this chapter, he is preaching so effectively to his class friends. So they were wondering, how did you learn? And so, as it is mentioned here, Prahlad Maharaj, he smiled, remembering the teachings that he received from his spiritual master, Narada Muni, when he was in the womb of his mother, Kayadhu. So here the question arises, how is it possible for a baby in the embryo form to, to listen this advanced spiritual knowledge, assimilate, practice and perfect and now preach. How is it possible? Then Srila Prabhupada answers this question very clearly saying that nothing can check spiritual progress. No material impediments can check spiritual progress. In other words, in any material circumstance, 
one can make spiritual progress, one can listen, one can understand, one can apply, one can perfect one's life. So this is the essence of today's purport. And indeed, we can see the life of Prahlad Maharaj is an exemplification of the whole thing. It is, he exemplified the whole philosophy that is mentioned in this short purport, that nothing indeed checked Prahlad Maharaj's life. Isn't it? He was just five years old. We know the past time what took place. We can go through a few incidents that took place in Prahlad Maharaj's life and we can see how amazing it is. As just a young boy, his father Hiranyakashipu, the king of the demons, asked him, he actually with love, he placed him on his lap and asked, what did you learn at school? Or what is the best that you learned at school? Manye sadhu yet bhavan. Bhavan. Very with a lot of love and respect. He's asking his son, bhavan. Not even tom. Tom means you, just you. But bhavan means almost like your good self. You know, it's like a, with a lot of respect, bhavan. <laughs> with a lot of respect, he asked his own child with a lot of affection. What did you learn? Sadhu, the best. Then what did he say? What was the verse? Who knows the verse? Not Kirtanam. What is the verse? Tat sadhu manye asuravarya dehinam sada samadhikna dhyam asadgrahat hitvatma padam grihamandha kupam vanam gadoya dharima shreta. Very clear. What, is he, what did he say? Tat sadhu manye. That is sadhu. That is the best. Okay. Yet sadhu. That's what? What is the best? Hiranyakashipu asked. Now Prahlad saying, Tat Sadhu, that is the best. Manye, Manye means I consider that is the best. To whom he is speaking to? Asuravarya. Asuravarya, best of the demons. For Dehinam, for the living entities who are entrapped in a Deha, in a body, that is Dehi. For a Dehinam, for those living entities, what is the best? The, it is mentioned, okay, before coming to the best, what is the condition of a living entity? He explains in one, just one pada of the verse, one pada of the verse, just one line of the verse. He says, Sada samadhigna dhyam asadgrahat. Sada samadhigna dhyam. Samadhigna dhyam. One is always in anxiety. The entire Kaliuga is summarized in just one line of this verse. Can you imagine when this happened? <laughs> Millions of years back. And who is speaking? A five-year-old boy. When did he learn? Just five years before. <laughs> Isn't it? He was in the womb. Just five years before he heard, heard he practiced, he perfected. And now he is telling, Sada samadhigna dhyat asadgrahat. Why? Asadgrahat. So asadgrahat, Srila Prabhupada translates, one conditioning in this material body and also being attached to a family. So that is asadgraha, temporary family life. That's what Prabhupada translated as. Then he says, one has to go through such an anxiety, one has to go through such embarrassment in life. So he says, hitva atma padam grhamandhakupam. Hitva means giving up. Atma padam. Atma padam means that will destroy spiritual life. In other words, it makes the atma to fall down. <laughs> That is Atmapadam. That is Griha. Materialistic family life. Andhakupam. That is compared to Andhakupam. Andhakupam means deep dark well. Why? Prabhupada gives so many lectures on, on this 
particular verse and he says one one is suffering in attached family life but one is crying one is inside one is crying going through so much of anxiety but no one is there to hear and there is darkness because there is no knowledge so this is life we can see this and we should see this around us this part of learning bhagavatam is we have to see this how people are suffering and depending on our own material attachment we can also see how we are suffering too isn't it how how far we are attached we can also experience our own suffering so that is hitvatma padam griham andhakupam vanam gadoyat harimashrayata harimashrayata you take shelter of hari how go to vrindavan so here pravada it's a very interesting translation if you see pradhamara says vanam but pravada translates it as vrindavan because that is the ultimate shelter in this way he starts preaching initially hiranyakashipu took it easy that's okay young boy speaking something it is because of bad association he th- thought narada muni is coming all these vaishnavas they are coming maybe incognito preaching to the boy that's why his intelligence is polluted but we should give good education in fact hiranyakashipu was smiling that point in time he was not angry later it will come rusha with great anger but now he just smiled he took it easy it's all right you know this boy has been corrupted by someone and he immediately called shanda and amarka shanda and amarka came the sons of yukracharya he told you know make sure that there is no access to any vaishnavas to gurukul make sure that you teach them properly shanda amarka said yeah definitely we will take care of this boy we will teach him and then they called him so shanda and amarka they took boys to gurukul like you people go to gurukul right you go to gurukul do you your home is gurukul right <laughs> so that is gurukul <laughs> or your gurukul is partly here in middle park school partly at home so you have two gurukuls <laughs> some of you <laughs> so this is gurukul so they took him to the gurukul and they called him don't worry we are not going to beat you shanda damarka told pralat we will not beat you tell the truth please tell the truth where did you learn all these things because we don't we haven't seen anyone coming here so where did you learn all this and pralat maharaj he gave the answer his answer was very interesting first itself pralat maharaj said young boy he said i have heard in the scriptures that there are friends and enemies there is this perception there is this materialistic perception of seeing people as friends and enemies now from your own mouth and around us i am seeing this so far i have heard from the authorities now i am seeing how one can distinguish between friends and enemies please see the elevated consciousness of pralad maharaj the same thing we read in 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 the previous chapter as well the definition of an asura a demon is he or she distinguishes between friends and enemies when i read that this is something very powerful just think about it if we distinguish between friends and enemies that is a demoniac nature can you see we always think like that so we can see the asuric nature is within us so this was the first statement and then he said 
I am naturally attracted to Krishna. Hmm? He, you know, he was telling you, he was telling you, yad, yad, uh, what is that? Yadha Brahmet, Yadha Brahman, Soyam Agarsha Sanidho, Soyam Agarsha Yadha Brahmati, I am being attracted, Brahman, still he is addressing uh, his teachers as Brahman. Yadha Brahmati, Yadho Brahman, they are, uh, he is addressing them, you are Brahmanas, great teachers, Brahmanas, but Brahmati, my mind is constantly attracted. Soyam Agarsha Sanidho. Just as an iron piece is attracted to a magnet. In that way, my mind is attracted. Tathame Bhidyade Chetas Chakrapanar Yadrchaya. Yadrchaya means somehow or other or involuntarily. I am not making any decision. Yadrchaya, I am being naturally attracted to Krishna. So he said, then they were completely surprised and shocked. So when I, after this, when I read the response or the thought process of uh, Shanda and Amarka, the verse was really hilarious. And we went through that verse. It was in the fifth chapter. He, they, uh, they started thinking or they started saying that Daiteya Chandanavane Jatoyam Kanthagadruma. It's very, very funny actually how they spoke. Daiteya Chandanavane. In the, this, they, he considered all these asadas, all these demons as sandalwood. So here we have a Daiteya Chandanavana. Here we have a, a forest of sandalwood. All the sandalwood are like the great demons. And Jatoyam, he is born. Who is that? Kantagadruma, he is a thorny tree. In the forest of this <laughs> sandalwood, you know, sandalwood who are like the demons. And I was thinking, oh, this is really funny. <laughs> the Bhagavatam presentation is very funny. How these metaphors are used they are very, very funny. Daitaya Chandamane Jatoyam Kanthagadruma. And then they say, next one is also very interesting because, next line is very interesting because they had this vision. Yen Mulon Mula Parashor Vishnor. Nalayator Bhaga. There's a Mula Unmulana Parashu. So, who is the Mula Unmula Parashu? Parashu means axe. You know, we have Parashuram who carries Parashu. Mula Unmula Parashu. Who is that? Vishnu. Vishnu is the Mula Unmula Parashu. Vishnu is that axe. And Nalayata Arbhaga. Nalayata means the handle. This Arbhaga, this child is going to be the handle of that axe, who is Vishnu, who is going to cut the root of this Daiteya Chandanavana. <laughs> the forest of all these demons who are like sandalwood trees. So this was the response. Can you see how these Brahmanas who were meant to teach devotion service, they are being polluted because of the desire for some money, some, for, for some remuneration for their, their own sustenance. And they changed their consciousness. And they taught everything, whatever they could. Then, brought back to Hiranyakashipu. Then again he asked, what did you learn the best? Then what was the answer? Shravanam kirtanam vishno, smaranam padasevanam, archanam mandanam, dasyam sakhyam atmani vedanam, idippum sarpitam vishno, bhakti chena valakshana, kriyeta, artha, tanmanye adhita muttamam. Good. <laughs> that is actually very, very, very important part. The second part is very interesting because the, all the nine process of devotion service ex explained and they, then said, 
one who knows this, one who knows this nine process of devotion service, one who practices, I consider that person to be the most learned. So he makes it clear, and that 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 is the adhitam uttamam. That is the best of the teaching. So this is how Prahlad Maharaj preached. Now, can we look look back to this verse and see what is mentioned here? Prahlad Maharaj learned everything in the womb of his mother. How many of you remember anything from the womb? Do you remember anything Bhagavad Gita? Any shlokas? Not really. Okay, from the womb? No. There is a possibility because all of you, you heard many Bhagavad Gita shlokas, many Kirtan, Sarya Krishna Mahamantra, many things you heard in the womb. Probably you don't remember now, but it is being revived. You come to the class, you're hearing Bhagavatam, so everything is coming to the surface. So it's very easy for you to memorize all the verses. Is it true? Easy for you to remember the verses? Probably, yes, I think so. Yeah, you can chant so many verses, right? Yeah. Which chapter did you learn the latest? Eh? Of Bhagavad Gita. Probably you learned that before, right? Or just now? Or before, I know. <laughs> Bhagavadam, which, which chapter did you learn latest? No? After Venu Gita? Anything you did learn? Gopi Gita you learned, okay. You wanted to learn Prahlad Maharaj's prayers, right? Is it right? <laughs> did you learn? Not yet, okay. Eh? Still learning. Did you learn some verses from Prahlad Maharaj's prayers? Okay, good. I heard the news that uh, you were learning or going to learn at, so at one point in time. <laughs> that was good. So, very beautiful verses. Prahlad Maharaj's prayers, maybe 43 or 45, quite a few verses. Very powerful verses. Hmm? So, this is what's going on here. So, he was preaching directly. Second time also he was preaching and this time what happened to Hiranyakashipu? He was angry, Rusha, with great anger. He started calling names. He said, you are a rascal. How do you take birth in this family? So can you imagine? So he was so angry. And then again, he started chastising Chanda and Amarka. Did anything happen to Prahlad Maharaj? Five-year-old boy, nothing. He was just sitting calm and quiet, unaffected by any of these things. Can you see his spiritual life is unchecked by anything external, anything to do with the material world. This is amazing if you think about it. And then he immediately, pre and then he chastised Prahlad and asked him, where did you learn all this from? Then he started preaching straight away. Isn't it? Madhurna Krishna Paradasotova. So he started preaching very heavily. <laughs> that is, you know, Madhurna Krishna Paradasotova Midhoba Buddhiyada Ghravratanam Adhanda Gobar Vishadam Tamishram Puna Puna Charvita Charvananam. He said, those who are attached to material family life, they are heading towards Tamishram, towards hell. There is a particular hell known as Tamisra. So you're heading towards Tamisra. Why? Because senses and mind are not controlled. It's very clear. The statement is very clear. Can you see how Prahlad Maharaj is such an effective preacher and he's fearless. He's coming to the point. Why? Because the mind and senses are not controlled. Adanda Gobhir. And Punapunascharvidacharvananam. 
eating what with that which is already been chewed, chewing the chewed. So this is chewing the chewed. That is the material life. As Prabhupada often says, Prabhupada talks about Indians. Indians who come to the West or in India trying to imitate Western way of life. What did Prabhupada say? Anyone remembers? Which living entity, which species name Prabhupada used? Old cross and new cross. <laughs> oh, old cross. Old cross means Westerners were eating the rubbish. That is just sense and enjoyment. And he said, now we have the new cross. Indians want to imitate. So Prabhupada said there are the new cross and the old cross. Same principle. Same principle. And here we can see the same principle is coming. Hmm? Next one, right? So, Dvirashya e bhiratha manina. Andhaya dhanter upaniyamana. Tebishatantriya urudamini baddha. Andhayadhanthe. Prabhupada uses this so many times, isn't it? Andhayadhanthe rupaniyamana. A blind leader is leading all, all the rest. We can see in this world. A blind leading the blind. That is his material world. No one knows how to live a life. And here, Prahlad Maharaj, just a young boy, he preaches. And in the next verse, he says, Mahiyasam padara jopishekam nishkinjana yavat. He says, the only possibility to get out of this materialistic life is Mahiyasam Pada Rajobhishegam. One has to smear one's body with the dust of the lotus feet of a pure devotee. Nishkin Jananam. Then only one can get out of the material suffering. And that we can see in our life, in others' lives. Right? So Prahlad Maharaj, there is no impediment in his spiritual life. Even at the verge of death. Hiranyakashipu ordered him to kill him in so many different ways. Right? Giving poison, putting him in the snake pit, throwing from the cliff, putting him in the, uh, in the fire, pushing him off the cliff, uh, trampling by elephants. But nothing happened. So nothing stopped Prahlad's devotional service. Previous chapter, he preached to the Asrik friends and they all started chanting. So we can see in any situation for a pure devotee, nothing can check devotion service. That is Ahetuki Apratihata. So we often say the characteristics of pure devotion service as it is mentioned here. Ahetuki Apratihata Yayatma Susprasidadi. First Canto Shivan Bhagavatam. So we can see that in the life of Prahlad Maharaj. However, when we look into our own life, is it ahetaki? Is it apratihata? Probably not. <laughs> At least I can say for myself, it is not ahetaki or apratihata. It is there for some time, but not always. So then the question arises for us can anything, can material things cause impediments to our spiritual life? Yes. And in proportionate to our surrender unto the Supreme Lord, we can see that there are many impediments to our spiritual life, to our spiritual progress. Isn't it? So I was thinking, what is causing those kind of impediments? Because if you see the life of Prahlad Maharaj, there are obstacles for pure devotees as well as for sadhakas. For Siddhas and Sadhakas, certainly there are obstacles 
in their pathway to spiritual progress or spiritual practice. The perfected devotees are not affected by this. They are completely in Krishna consciousness like Prahlad Maharaj. Prahlad Maharaj even before describing his encounter or interaction with his father, he was completely absorbed in Krishna. As it is mentioned, he is, he is Krishna Grahagrihitatma. Usually in astrology people say we are affected by different planets. But here about Prahlad Maharaj it is mentioned Krishna Grahagrihitatma who is completely captured by Krishna Graha. It was also mentioned he was unaware of what he was doing. Whether he was eating, sleeping, sitting, he was unaware of all the externals. It is mentioned he was Govinda Pariram Bhidaha. He was being embraced completely by Govinda. So this was the consciousness of Prahlad Maharaj and that's why he was completely oblivious to all these material situations. And so Prahlad Maharaj could teach these spiritual instructions without any impediments as well, despite the material circumstances. But when it comes to our life, we ask, there are so many obstacles and there are so many impediments in spiritual progress. And why is it so? Okay, on one level we can say, we have, we are not fully surrendered. Yes? Then, we can say, there can be other problems. We can, be, we can have insincerity. We can be insincere. We can have weakness of heart. What is weakness of heart? We may know all the principles. We, know, we may know what to do. But when we are confronted with a situation where our senses or mind are attracted by material allurements, suddenly we become weak. We fall for it. So this is weakness of heart. So we can see insincerity. They are all connected points. Insincerity, weakness of heart. Similarly, we can also see that we lack desire. Is it true? We may lack desire when we have, this is a, this is a competition of this desire. It's almost like a, uh, if you go to the park, there is a seesaw. Have you, what do you call that? You used to call it seesaw, you go up and down. It is like that, <laughs> depending on what is more, what desire is more, whether material desire or spiritual desire. So ultimately we can see we need to cultivate our spiritual desire and that is the only way we can effectively practice spiritual life. That is the only way we can actually get over obstacles. So we need that strong desire to step up the game. Because we are always, this is a constant practice. We may be here but we want to go to the next level. And after that we want to go to the next level. So there is no, no such thing as, okay, we are perfected or there is no such thing as uh, we can hit a plateau. That doesn't exist in spiritual life. Either we are making progress or we are coming down. There is nothing like, you know, we are steady in that sense. Okay, if we are steady in devotion life, it means that we are steadily making progress in devotion life. It is not like steady means our devotion is just steady. No, we are making progress in devotion life. And so, when it comes to us, how can we be so inspired? How can we be so desirous to make progress in life? We have so much desire that the material obstacles are no more obstacles in our spiritual life. Or we are, we are able to step up our spiritual practice.
I was thinking about it because this is a very pertinent question for any practitioner, isn't it? Because we can all feel I am at this level and I wish if I can come to the next level. At least if we think like that, that is well and good. And if we don't, it's a problem. So in bhakti, we need to have the desire. We need to have ambitions. It is very good to have that. So we don't want material desires and material ambitions. And we are not here to, uh, to come to a point where the mind is devoid of any desires, but we need spiritual ambitions and desires. And how can we cultivate it? And the strongly if we cultivate it, it is easier to make progress. So I was thinking about it. And uh, the most important point that came to my mind is through the association of the devotees. Meaning, we shouldn't be alone in the association of the devotees. Alone in the sense that we should open our eyes, mind and heart in the association of the devotees where we are able to observe an advanced position of a devotee. He or she may be a little above us, a little above us, or a bit more than us. We should be able to see that first, acknowledge that. That is very useful. And then we can see that, okay, he or she has such spiritual qualities or such strong spiritual practice. And if I can get in my life, if I can do that, if I can emulate in my life, that would be so wonderful. So in association of the devotees, yes, we need association of very senior devotees and also we need association of equals and who are almost equal. Getting the point? So who are not too far away, who are just above us, where we see that, look, my, ch my chanting is all over the place, but such and such devotee is sitting at one place and chanting all the rounds. Such and such devotee has some absorption in chanting. Such and such devotee is reading the book carefully and understanding the point. Another devotee is distributing the book so nicely. Somebody is preaching so nicely. So first we have to open our eyes and heart to see how others are performing devotional service and we need to get inspired by that. But the inspiration is not all in all. As it is mentioned, first inspiration, then perspiration. We need to do something about it. Inspiration in itself will not help so much. Because we can go for a fired up class, we can speak also, very fired up fashion, probably I'm doing that now. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that, that will not help a lot, <laughs> for me or for you. <laughs> it's good to speak, <laughs> fired up, there's nothing wrong, but we had to apply. As Vishwanachakir Thakur mentions in coming to uh, 10 Canto chapter 1 of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, there is such a nice parallel between the beginning of 10th canto and uh, first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Because the first canto starts with the inquisitive sages who ask all these questions. And in the beginning of 10th canto also, uh, Maharaj Parikshit becomes so inquisitive, he becomes so eager to hear about Krishna, he also asks about 10 or 11 questions. He wanted to know details about Krishna's appearance. So he asked questions one after another. I want to know about Krishna from his beginning till the end. How did he appear in the Yadu dynasty along with Balaram? Why did he go away from Madhura to Vrindavan? So and so forth. So about 10 questions he asked. So there, uh, Shukadev Goswami uh, glorifies, appreciates the questions posed by uh, Maharaj Parikshit. And there it is mentioned this 
one who is speaking, one who is listening, and one who is hearing, all of them get benefited when we talk about Krishna. There, Vishnajakatakur mentioned, the most benefited person is one who speaks. <laughs> one who speaks about Krishna gets the most benefit. <laughs> because, generally speaking, all can be on the absolute platform. That's a different story, but it's a general statement. Because one who speaks should know what one is speaking. Should read and study and then start speaking. And one cannot sleep while speaking. Everyone else can sleep, but the speaker cannot sleep. Right? So we make sure that we are awake. Sometimes can be very sleepy in classes, you know, especially online classes. <laughs> when you keep giving classes, some of the online I have felt very sleepy, very tired. But can't sleep. You can close the eyes but keep speaking. <laughs> so this is the point. So one who speaks gets the most benefit. Now, coming to the point, we need to apply. So we can be inspired by classes, we can be inspired by the devotees and please note down what qualities that we want to emulate in our own life. And after that make a plan. And then follow the plan. So this is very practical. And keep up that desire, keep up that desire. When we associate with the devotees, please keep up that desire. and It is very beneficial. And opposite of that is being envious. Opposite of that is being envious. If you see some good qualities or somebody performing devotion service better than us, if we become envious, then what is the end result? We will never come to that platform. Never. Guaranteed. In envy we cannot. So rather we should appreciate. When we appreciate and then we apply, we get the benefit. Krishna become merciful. This is a very important point. In, uh, uh, being appreciative of devotees is very important. Those who are senior, those who are doing, maybe equal to us, but who is doing better than us in terms of some service or sadhana or whatever, be appreciative of them and then we will also get those qualities if we apply those principles. That's why Naradamani mentions in the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam to Dhromara, generally in interaction, the material tendency is completely different. If we see somebody who is very senior to us, our tendency is to bring them down to our platform. Material tendency. Somebody is actually materially elevated than us. In the, in the material consciousness, we want to bring them to our platform and start thinking that we are on the equal level. Similarly, even in the spiritual association, we can have this tendency. Somebody may be elevated than us in our spiritual life. We think, oh, such Prabhu or Madhaji joined after me. I only preached to that person. So I must be greater. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Everyone is on their own journey. So appreciate. Such and such devotee is doing very well. So appreciate. So we don't want to bring somebody who is elevated to our level. That is material consciousness. Then Naradamini says, somebody who is on the equal platform, what's the material consciousness? We want to push them down and we want to think that I am superior to him. We got initiated together, but still I know that I am more elevated. I am more advanced. He or she may not know, but I know that. That is the reality. This, this comes in the core of our heart. Can you see? And similarly, if somebody is very junior to us, we also know that they are very junior, then the tendency, the material tendency is to load it over. 
So Naradamani says, if somebody is actually struggling, we need to help them to bring them to our status or above. In fact, uh, uh, I, I heard a lecture from a devotee and devotee made a very interesting point. When we are preaching, we should think that I am preaching to such and such person. He may be new, but he or she can use my head, not literally, but step on me and go higher in devotion life. That has to be your mood. I was thinking this is pretty far out, isn't it? Even Prabhupada made such kind of statements, you know. My Guru Maharaj has sent all of you. So he's saw so all his disciples as representatives of Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj. Can you imagine the consciousness? And Prabhupada considered as a servant, although pure devotee, elevated devotee, and who he was preaching to. And no qualification whatsoever. But Srila Prabhupada was able to see them as representatives of his spiritual master. Such an elevated consciousness. So we may not be on that level, but at least we should see we are acting as an instrument for everyone to make progress if we are preaching. Don't think otherwise. Don't think that we are great or anything of that sort. Those who we are preaching to, they, they can be more elevated than ourselves. And that's a reality we see in our life. Somebody we may preach to, they may make more, more progress than ourselves. Because everyone is in their own journey. So we don't know. So we had to be very careful. Otherwise, we can really commit offense. Even in preaching, even in dealing with new devotees, we can commit offense. Don't think that there is no offense uh, when we're dealing with uh, you know, devotees who just started chanting. You understand? Okay, I may be chanting for 20 years, somebody's chanting for one year. No, if I commit some offense, there is no problem. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Someone has to be very careful because we tend to think that if we perform an offense to a higher devotees, we'll have problem, but somebody who is junior, it will not have any problem. It doesn't work like that. Even Bhaktinath Thakur explains that even if you offend jiva, that also has repercussion. Jiva means a normal living entity, not even a devotee, still there are some repercussions. So Bhaktinath Thakur goes to that extent, then what to speak about devotees? So then equals, we had to make friends. We had to make friends, serve each other like that. So we need to bring in this consciousness and in this mood, we need to associate with the devotees. And then we can get inspired and then we can make some plans. We can have some desires and ambitions. What is our next step in devotional life? And Krishna will always reveal that to his devotees. There is no doubt about it. If we contemplate, if we look into ourselves, we can see in ourselves what is the material obstacle that I am facing and what should I do about it. Everyone can find it. Otherwise, you can go in front of the deities, you can pray, you can start chanting, you can pray to Prabhupada. Straight away, Krishna will reveal. Is it true? It is, it is very clear. The obstacles which are in front of us, it is, it's, not an, it's not an enigma. <laughs> it is clear for a practitioner. And then we can work on it. We can get inspiration, we have knowledge, and we, we can work on it. And that will be transformational. Like uh, we went for that uh, alone with Krishna retreat, a single day retreat. You know, alone with Krishna, together with the devotees. 
that was the theme it was very interesting as we were doing our sadhana alone then things were more and more opening up what are the obstacles what should we do krishna will reveal for there is no doubt about it but again there was a strong association of the devotees as well so we were alone with krishna but at the same time we had strong association of the devotees so this is how it works we are always with the devotees but we connect to krishna to the spiritual master for to sila prabhupad so we can see these obstacles will be there for a practitioner and that is given and we cannot do anything about it but we can do something about it <laughs> and we had to do something about it then we will have progress and so even despite whatever obstacles uh, for a devotee a practitioner should have ambition to increase the sadhana and to increase the service so it can be quantity or it can be quality in either case wherever we are whatever we are whatever position we are in still we need, however busy we are we need to cultivate th this desire okay there can be specific desires for devotees to perform specific issues but otherwise these two desires have to be common how can i increase my service to krishna how can i increase my sadhana to krishna not necessarily quantity at least quality and if that desire is there then we are on the right track and if we lose that track we see that the years are passing and <laughs> we are going in autopilot we are making some progress but not good enough and that's why we had to be very contemplative reflective on our spiritual life and uh, take these principles and apply in our life and then we can find a difference certainly and that's what is given here prahlad is on the highest platform and is a glorious devotee i'll just speak a few words about prahlad maharaj before i conclude his glories uh, we know that uh, how the lord himself appeared to protect prahlad maharaj and how he offered wonderful prayers we cannot get into them today but one of the longest prayers we can find in shrimad bhagavatam we can find in prahlad maharaj he demonstrated humility utmost humility he is a perfect devotee but he demonstrated utmost humility and his surrender to his spiritual master and the supreme lord trastosmi ham kripana varsala dussahogra he is telling i am suffering he is not really suffering dussahogra samsara katma kadanat he is telling i am suffering but he is not really suffering he he showed utmost humility but at the same time he demonstrated utmost compassion to living entities so this is the mood of prahlad maharaj and i'll just uh, paraphrase a few words given by lord shiva about prahlad maharaj this is from bhagavata amrita when narada muni is interesting narada muni is trying to find greatest devotee so he is going from one devotee to the next devotee when he reached lord shiva he started glorifying lord shiva lord shiva started telling please don't glorify me i am not the greatest devotee i have a i have to tell you who is the great devotee he started speaking about prahlad maharaj it's very interesting because prahlad maharaj is a disciple of narada muni and lord shiva is talking about his own disciple narada muni's disciple prahlad maharaj and he says that 
you know one thing i am not at all a great devotee he started saying that look the lord himself appeared for pranat maharaj and shiva said look i prayed to pacify narsimadev along with brahma all the demigods siddhas charanas gandharvas apsarva you may name everyone try to pacify narsimadev but only pralad maharaj could pacify the lord <laughs> so he says where am i and where is pralad maharaj <laughs> then he says even though bali maharaj gave something in charity to vamanadev right he said that is very insignificant do you think that uh, vamanadev gave mercy to bali maharaj and vamanadev became a doorkeeper in sutala just by this insignificant donation so according to shiva these three worlds this material world is insignificant which is true in one sense because there are millions of brahmandas universes so he gave one brahmanda apparently not the whole thing so that is insignificant according to shiva so do you think the lord became doorkeeper in sutala for bali maharaj because of that charity he says no it is because of connection to you connection to pralad then he also says even banasura was spared he was not killed you remember that past time right and banasura how many arms he had bana had yeah and the lord started chopping and he left with only four so he said it was not because of my prayers because bana was a devotee of lord shiva lord shiva said it was not because of my prayer because he was born in asuric family and he was connected to you and that is connected to sorry pralad and that is the only reason he was spared in this way shiva said i am not a great devotee please go to pralad maharaj and where is pralad maharaj he is still in sutala loka and we heard it is very interesting and this is we are in seventh canto in the next canto we hear the pastime of bali maharaj there also pralad maharaj appears is right you remember what happened can you tell what happened why did he come who remembers why did pralad maharaj comes there what happened did pralad maharaj come who was bound <laughs> bali was completely bound by the ropes of varuna right varuna pasha and then pralad came and he gave such a again a lecture <laughs> he said i told you don't be proud <laughs> <laughs> if you are proud you're going to fall down <laughs> i told you this before now we can see that hmm? he chants beautiful verses you know yeah he vidwan abhimukhyate tatha yatha vichaste gadhimatmanam param tasmay namaste jagadishiraya vai narayana ityi akhilasaroka sakshine he said even a vidwan even a learned person can fall down because of pride so he says you know just i pay obeisances unto narayan akhilaloka sakshine unto the supreme lord who is the witness of the whole world so this is pralad maharaj and pralad maharaj uh, he is an example of a devotee he is always with krishna he is always with krishna he was, he, was, he was not really touching the material world in that sense he he never touched material consciousness always with krishna so this is the standard of pralad maharaj and that's why it is ahetuki apratihata pure devotees like shila prabhupad always with krishna they are here they are doing things but always with krishna and in lord chaitanya's past time uh, pralad maharaj appeared as who 
a very, eh? yes, Vasudev Datta, because he also demonstrated such a compassion. He said, I am ready to accept all the suffering of all the living entities in this world and I am ready to suffer for them. Let all of them, they can go back home back to Godhead. But I am ready to suffer for them. So this is the compassion of Vasudev Datta. So it's mentioned, he is also an expansion of Pralat Maharaj. So we can see such a transcendental personality as Pralat Maharaj. And uh, we can learn these lessons and we can try to apply some of these principles in our life. Hare Krishna, is there any questions or comments? Yes, Lok Prabhu. Thank you for the class. Hare Krishna. Uh, Prabhu, um, you mentioned before that if you have you know, envy for someone <coughs> who's a little bit higher than you, yeah. then you'll never reach their level. That's right. So do you have any practical advice for like, the experience of envy? And whenever you do feel that, because it's almost like you're implying that we have a choice whether we envy or we don't. Yeah. The question is, I can, you're asking about a solution if you feel envy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, two things I will explain. One, uh, and actually, uh, yeah, two, would, two, two, I'll tell you two things. One, uh, if you get an opportunity, glorify them. Okay, glorify them. So, tell something good about them. Whatever you are feeling envious of, Glorify that. Yeah, you do, Prabhu, you're doing this so nicely. Appreciate. That's good enough. Because naturally, if you're appreciating, we may not have feeling that's okay, but we are making the right step. Second, I'll tell you, I felt envious about someone. This is a, uh, probably now also, I don't know, but I'm this incident long back. I was starting my Krishna consciousness and I, I felt one who is preaching to me, I was feeling envious of one person. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I was thinking, I felt embarrassed, you know, how can I go to this Prabhu and tell you, know, I'm feeling envious of you. I'm feeling, look, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't have guts for that. So, what I did, uh, he was sitting, I started serving him. Okay, sitting, okay, I'll make sure that I'll give you some prasadam. So, in that way, I just did that. I didn't glorify because, you know, I'm very new. It's not much of an opportunity to glorify. I didn't know what is glorification as such. Later, we understand, right, glorification. When we become a devotee, we really don't know what is glorification. We have heard about flattery, but not glorification as such. So, I just started serving. And when I started serving, that envy went away. So, it is a very simple thing. If you take some simple right steps, it will go away. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? Thank you. What's the other question? Someone else had? Sivya? Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhu, we know how Prahlad Maharaj learned everything from his womb, from Narad Muni. Yeah. And that's how he became such a good preacher and a good devotee. Mm. But I'd like to ask, what about the friends in the school? Like, did, um, did they also have like a previous piety or did they like do bhakti in their previous life? Because although they were born in a demoniac family, they were listening very nicely to the Krishna consciousness that was given by Prahlad Maharaj and they were asking questions. So what, was it like because of Prahlad Maharaj's association or because of their previous birth? Yes, what we understand, it is because of the power of Prahlad Maharaj's association. So if even somebody doesn't have piety, 
the pure devotees can actually create piety. One time, Srila Prabhupada was asked the same question. That, because if you read Bhagavatam, you can read, okay, to come to the devotional standard, you must have done this piety. Tebustabaste, Juhu Sushnadariya, Brahmana Chur, Namagrhanantiyete, all these verses from, this is from third canto, right? Kavilamani's instruction. If somebody is chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra, one has already performed all the piety, gone to all the Tirtha Yatra, done Vedic studies, everything is done, and now one is able to chant. So devotees started asking, so what was our piety? Prabhupada said, I created your piety. So pure devotees can actually create piety. In other words, pure devotees are giving the good fortune to us for those who are not qualified. So from here we can understand it is because of the power of the association of Prahlad. So so powerful. Eternal associate of the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Prabhupada. Thank you. Okay, now to give to Jaitu. I just want to thank you for the class. Well, early in the class, you mentioned how um, if we distinguish between friends and enemies, that's a demoniac quality. Yeah. Um, but then oft often we, we kind of get told, and when we're reading Prabhupada's books, that we need to learn how to discriminate between yeah, that's people right. who's mm. either atheist, impersonalist, that's right, yeah. who's favorable, not favorable. So, how do we understand? Yeah, good. It's a good question. Uh, yes, it's the quality of a Madhyama devotee. Hmm? Bhagavatam 11 Canto, Isha Upanishad, Nectar of Instruction, many places it is mentioned, the quality of a Madhyama. So Madhyama or an intermediate devotee must distinguish, discriminate, it's a quality and which we aspire for, which is very good. So we can see who is advanced, who is on the equal level, who is innocent, who is an atheist. So we respond to them accordingly. Senior, we serve. Equal, we make friends. And those who are atheistic and, and enemies of the devotees, we avoid them, and innocent, we preach. So this is how we respond to different categories of people, and we must come to that platform where we can see actually there is some idea who is actually a devotee and who is not a devotee, who is advanced, who is not advanced. We may not be able to understand exactly which level they are, that only through advancement we can know, otherwise we cannot, but we must have a general idea. Hmm? Now, here, the center point of this distinction is Krishna. Because how we can make Krishna, progress in Krishna consciousness. That is the center point of it. And that's why we are discriminating. Again, we are avoiding those who are acting inimically to the devotees, but we don't see them as enemies as such. Or certain cases, yes. Say for example, <laughs> Prabhu was said, you know, in the Juhu pastime, you know, it was a good fight. Narasimhadev killed him. So Prabhu rejoiced in that sense. So that, that element is there, but it is all in connection to Krishna. And it's all in connection to individual, collective, spiritual progress. It is not for personal, material ambition. Whereas in this material world, Friends and enemies are created. Why? Whoever is supporting my sense gratification is my friend and whoever is not, my enemy. So the, the center point is karma, material desire, lust. Whereas here it is prema, love for the Lord. So uh, a, a practicing devotee, an advancing devotee must learn how to discriminate so that we can avoid some impediments. 
that discrimination will help us to avoid impediments. Otherwise, if we associate with those who are criticizing devotees, we constantly associate, we will also be affected. So one center is Krishna, another center is our material desires. So that's what is mentioned here. So it's not about that discrimination. Hmm? Is that okay? Yeah, final maybe one question. Look, okay, Duja Prabhu. Okay, maybe Duja Prabhu and then yeah. Prabhu, you mentioned about the, <clears throat> the mood of the devotees where even though they've introduced Krishna consciousness to newer devotees, that they're still happy to let them come forward and even you mentioned how they can even step on the yeah, head yeah. of the preachers and go to Krishna. Yeah. And Prabhupada's mood was that, so can you please elaborate on that, on that mood of those preachers or, or what exactly are they thinking give, while preaching yeah. and after? Give everything what they need, that's all, but what they need, not what we know. While preaching or facilitating, we, if somebody is coming up, we give everything what they need. And as they're progressing, we should be able to give them what they need. Initially, it can be the basic philosophy, helping them be situated in Krishna consciousness, start chanting, increase chanting, come to 16 rounds, etc. But after a few years, that is not the need. One may be chanting 16 rounds, one may have other needs as well. In spiritually, one may need to know more, one may need more inspiration. So, we need to give according to the time, place, circumstances, whatever they need. And we don't hold back anything. We give whatever is required. So that takes effort. That takes thought as well. So we, we help in whichever we can. That is the, the essential point. And we don't think, so this is another issue we can think, if we give everything, will such and such devotee take my position? The material consciousness. You know, in the company when we are working, that's how it is, right? I know because I don't work, but you know, I have spoken to many devotees, they say, when we recruit someone or if somebody is coming up, they are very careful that nobody is going to step over me. I will not give everything, you know, make sure that he is always one step down, make sure. One devotee told me a story. I know I do the recruitment. I am such and such manager and I do the recruitment. I make sure that when I am recruiting, no one can, a qualification or something which is lower than me, who can never come to my position. That's how I recruit. <laughs> I always make sure. <laughs> it's very vigilant, diplomatic, very good in work. It's okay, we are, you know, swimming with the sharks. It's okay. But for the devotees, no. We don't really think in that way. Somebody do better than me, we accept. No problem. Does that make sense? We do our humble service and we see how Krishna is helping. It's fine. It's a challenge for us. These kind of thoughts can come to our mind. As the time progresses, as people are coming up, these kind of things can come. So we need to, we need to be spiritually satisfied. If you are spiritually satisfied, then you will be able to help. We don't have to hold back anything. Especially this insecurity comes when one is not connected to Krishna. Inside if one is happy, then in this insecurity will not come. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Hare Krishna. I think we had to stop. It's getting pretty late. Thank you very much. Granthara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.